I'm Indigo. And I'm Christy. Welcome Welcome to to Let's Get Litty! Cheers! Okay, welcome, welcome to Let's Get Litty. Uh, Today we are joined by a very special guest for longtime listeners of our brand new podcast. Uh, You'll have heard a lot about him, but welcome to the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan! Thank you. Thank you very much. So, honey, would you like to tell uh, would you like to tell us about the drinks you made for us today? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you guys are doing a hype check today on this episode. I, hype check. Mm, hype check. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, so, <laughs> I uh, wanted to uh, bring in a couple drinks that are slight variations on drinks that maybe get too much hype, and uh, these variations, I feel. Uh, deserve more hype. So we've got uh, my take on a white Russian. I call it a Caribbean Russian. It's, uh, you know, the white Russian of Big Lebowski fame, uh, but with uh, rum chata to replace the cream. Um, And I feel like it tastes a little bit better. It has more alcohol, and in my mind, that's always a good thing. I think that it tastes a little bit like an oatmeal cookie, which I does. does, That's exactly the taste that it has. It's got the cinnamon vibe from uh, the rum chata, and then it's supposed to be kind of akin to a chai tea latte. Uh Uh-huh. I like it. I like Um, it. But like most of my cocktails, it's meant to be sneaky, tasty, but strong. (laughs) Can confirm. (laughs) We we can confirm that is exactly how you make them, as our (laughs) listeners probably have figured out by now. (laughs) The next drink you'll get um, is a variation of a Vegas bomb. Uh, I get tons of people who want a Vegas bomb, but they're looking for something without the Red Bull in it. Mm. So you can do just crown apple with uh, peach schnapps and cranberry juice and come up with something that can be like two-thirds liquor but still tastes very delicious like candy say so that sounds right up my ass <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when Jordan handed us these drinks, Christy was like, mm, I don't know. And she took a sip and then she said, I don't hate it. <laughs> I never branch out with my drinks, which is like, bless Jordan for putting up with my picky taste because I do not branch out. Well, I, I hope you enjoy the beverages. I hope you get to talk about many different varieties of literary gay smut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shadowing <laughs> for joining yeah, us. Thanks, honey. <laughs> All right, now that we've officially gotten to meet Jordan, we are going to move on to the episode, which today is a hype check. Hype check. So we are going to be talking about books, uh, especially after we slandered uh, <laughs> Spanish love deception. We wanted to share books that we felt like lived up to the hype. Other books that we feel like didn't live up to the hype, and books that we feel deserve way more hype. So we'll be diving into that today, and we also get to hear more about, as Jordan foreshadowed, <laughs> um, today, 
finally I am delivering on my promise of uh, bringing some of my favorite works of fan fiction to the podcast. So stay tuned later in the episode for our first ever segment of You, Me, and AO3. Oh my gosh. Welcome to fan fiction being brought in here because you knew it was going to happen. Um, and so we'll start off by talking about, should we do books that lived up to the hype? Yes. I think that's perfect to start with. Okay, Indigo, tell me about the book that lived up to the hype for you. Okay, so I'm super excited to talk about this book. Uh, the first book that I'm going to be talking about that lived up to the hype um, for our first ever hype check uh, is Every Heart a Doorway by Seanan McGuire. Um, it is the first novella in the Wayward Children series. Um, and I actually found out about this from another bookish podcast called Reading Glasses. One of the hosts on there loves this series and she always brings it up. And so in the community, the Glasser community for that podcast, like it's talked about a lot and a lot of people read it. And so I finally read it and it blew me away. So the premise of this series is that um, there is a woman who runs essentially what the world thinks is like a troubled children's home um and but what it really is is she runs a home for chosen ones kids that have found doorways to wonderland or neverland you know these other magical worlds where they become the savior and they're in this magic and then they get sent home um and these kids are trying to get back to their magical worlds uh and so the uh the woman who runs the home mrs west um she was one of these kids uh, and she went to what they call a nonsense world. And as she grew older, her mind became too rational for her to be able to live in her world anymore. Uh, and so she couldn't go back to it. So she's running this home to help these kids get back to their worlds until she's old enough and she loses enough of her sanity to go back to her nonsense world. It's amazing. <laughs> I, every time, because you have, of course, hyped this up. It's literally sitting on my TBR. Oh, yeah. And I've read, talked like, about it. And I, there's, like, seven that are out now mm -hmm. out of a projected ten, and I've read, like, five of them. Every time she reads one, she's like, if you don't put this on your TBR. <laughs> and I'm like, it's on there, I swear, because it sounds so good, and I'm so excited to know that it does live up to the hype. It does. Which is amazing. And it's so cool because you get introduced to this concept and this, like, cast of characters that live in the home in the first book and then in the next books that come we get to go to their worlds and you actually get to see Ooh. these worlds so it's super cool one of my favorite characters in this year well it's two characters well I mean really it's one but you can't mention one without mentioning the other <laughs> it'll make sense in a sec in a second um but it's twins Jack and Jill um and it's actually Jacqueline and Jillian and they went to the Moors. And the Moors are like a 1950s horror movie. And so they go there, the second book follows them. Um, so it's like, it's set before uh, Every Heart a Doorway. Ooh, um, okay, okay, see with the time yes. jump. Yes, okay, so okay. the time jump is super cool. And so we get to see how like, 
how they grew up and then them in this world and Jill uh, becomes the surrogate daughter for the vampire overlord who rules the town and Jack becomes the assistant to the mad scientist who lives on the outskirts. Um, and so they're super cool. Uh, the protagonist of the first one, Every Heart of Doorway, is named Nancy and she went to an underworld uh, where she was a statue and she stood still for hours and days on end like in the halls of the dead to please the Lord of Death and the Lady of Death and she's trying to get back and I was super stoked because she's asexual and you like never see asexual representation so that was super cool um, and another one of my favorite characters is named Cade and he went to a fairy world um, but he is transgender and so he got like a doorway open for him because the fairy worlds want to steal like pretty little princesses in dresses with curled hair. And then he gets there and realizes that he's actually a boy um, and becomes the goblin prince in waiting. So like, it's so cool. I love this series. So that's like a long rant, but like this series was so good. And the first one like set it up to just like explode out. Which I think is so, I love that it lets you go like into so many different characters because I think that's always such a struggle is like when you're reading a series or anything of like making sure each character gets the mm -hmm. love that they deserve. Um, so just really, really exciting to know that like all of the characters get the attention and development mm -hmm. that, that they deserve. Um, and I'm super excited to jump into it. Yes. Uh, oh my God. It sounds it's so, so good. good. I can't wait until you read it because I'm like vibrating it in my seat. Literally. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so good. Okay. So Christy, what book lived up to the hype for you? I feel like it was so hard to choose one. I don't know if you felt that. I definitely did. I also struggled because I wanted to bring one that like I hadn't mentioned yet on the mm -hmm. podcast. And originally I was like, oh, well, I could talk about Song of Achilles or I could talk about Gideon the Knight. And I'm like, we've already <laughs> talked about those. <laughs> I try to switch it up a little yeah. bit and bring attention. I feel like I've, I definitely have talked about this. This is always the book that I recommend. Like if somebody is like, what should I read? I tell them this book every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that book is obviously The Silent Patient. Woo! I love this book. I love it so much. It is a book that I like find myself thinking about. Yes. Um, and honestly, it's difficult because I feel like I compare every thriller that I read yes. to The Silent Patient because it's just so masterfully done. Mm -hmm. um, and and so the premise of the uh, silent patient is just, it's so interesting. I literally pulled up Goodreads because I didn't want to mess it up. Um, but essentially our main character is Alicia. Uh, everything seems like everything's perfect for her. Um, and then all of a sudden she ends up uh, shooting her husband. And everybody is like, what happened? We have no idea. Um, and so she ends up in a mental hospital uh, where we then meet uh, her psychologist. And you essentially get both of their kind of perspectives. Um, and it's just such an interesting story because I think it just does, oh, I don't know. It just does the best job of like giving you just little crumbs and you're trying so hard to piece it together. Um, and just one, the author is just so good. And as I was telling Indigo earlier, he is uh, like a writer for TV shows and movies um, and does a lot of work in that field. So when you're reading it, it does feel very cinematic. Mm -hmm. oh, um, absolutely. You can just picture it in like just I could picture it so clearly in my brain and I just loved it. Um, the tension building is incredible. And these just like 
two different perspectives are just incredible to, to see and you're trying to piece it all together. Um, and then, I mean, the ending had my jaw oh. on the floor. And I still I'm, think about it like probably oh my God. once a week. Like it in just a million comes to my years, brain. In a million years, I never would have guessed that. No, it's like, so it blew my mind. Good. Uh, it's just so good. Um, so especially if you were into thrillers, psychological mm-hmm. thrillers, this one, I mean, it is not just a psychological thriller because it like of what's happening in the book. It is a psychological thriller because it's throwing you yes. off. You are you are also mm-hmm. in that world. Um, and so it's just, it's so good. It's what I always recommend. Like, I won't even ask, like, what somebody's interested in reading. They'll be like, what books should I read? I'll make The Silent Patient. Yes. Also, what books do you like? <laughs> so uh, I got one anyway. <laughs> so I lent it uh, to two of my coworkers because I lent it to one. And then we were talking about it so much that we got another coworker interested in it. And so I lent it to her and she, like, after she finished it, she, like, came in and she was like, oh, my God, I need to talk to you both about this right now. Literally, because it's just so stinking good. Um, if you need it to be sold, I don't know if Goodreads matters to you all, but it does have a 4.15 <laughs> um, and over a million ratings. I just oh, my God, it has over, a, over million? a million ratings. Wow. Uh, so it is. It is very popular, but I do feel like this book very much lives up to the hype. Thrillers, I feel like, can sometimes be too predictable, and they all kind of follow a very similar formula and mm-hmm. I feel like this book just does a phenomenal job of breaking away from it mm-hmm. um, bringing a different style to a psychological thriller mm-hmm. um, and just nailing it like oh he is so good um, the author I don't want to mispronounce his last name it's Alex Michaelides Michaelides yeah Michael Michaelides Michaelides <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you do know how to pronounce it please let us know um, but he's just so so good at just writing it to where it ca- everything mm-hmm. catches you off guard at the end like you were just it just ends and I literally just stared at the book yes for probably 20 minutes I had to reread it so many times because yes. I was just like how how uh and then I like immediately wanted to reread the book mm-hmm. to try to see if I could figure out how we got there like it's just it's so so good so yes. lives up to the hype it's incredibly well done ah five stars before I forget um I have a book to recommend that is similar like that, a similar thriller book, Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. I read it. um, I think that was actually the first book of 2022 that I read. I think it was, yeah. Because we, like, got snow on New Year's Day, Mm -hmm. and it's set in, like, they get snowed into this, like, refurbished chapel in Scotland. Um blew me away. I never saw it coming, like, never in a million years. So, I can lend that to you, actually, yes. if you want. Well, I saw that one all over Bookstagram, mm-hmm. and so, of course, it is on my list, because yeah. I, well, I love a good thriller. That is, like, my favorite genre, mm-hmm. and so I, yeah, sounds amazing. 10 out of 10. Super down for it. Yes! <laughs> so, Indigo, what is a book that you feel like deserves more hype? You guys will never guess what it is. You're never gonna guess, because I didn't allude to it at all last episode. I am here to, to today to talk to you about, can you guess what I'm going to say? She's only referenced it, I think, in both of our episodes <laughs> so far. Um, so if you haven't listened to our other two episodes, please go and yeah. do this, because this book is so good, it's worth referencing multiple yes. times. So this book is Greenwood by Michael Christie. Um, I... I'm literally still thinking about it. (laughs) It's been like a month since I read it. It 
blew me away. Um, you know, I love books that have multiple timelines. Like, that's one of the things that, like, if I see that in a book, I'm, like, sucked in. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to read this. But the way that this one did it was so cool because it starts in 2038, works its way back to 1908, and then works its way back to 2038. Um, and the whole book centers around trees. So it's really cool that it's structured like this timeline-wise because it's like you're moving across the rings of a tree. Like you start on one end of the tree and then you work your way across. It's so cool. It follows the Greenwood family. Um, and one of the things that I thought was so amazing was like each iteration, each generation of the family interacted with trees, but they all did it in a different way. Um, and it's set in Canada, which I don't often read a lot of books set in Canada, and especially like historical fiction set in Canada. And so it, um, the majority, what they call the heartwood of the tree, which is like the 1938, 1908, 1938 section, um, takes place during the Great Depression and during the Dust Bowl, but in Canada, which like was, it feels like it shouldn't be that different, but like like it totally was because mm -hmm. all of the Dust Bowl stuff that I see is like America stuff. Well, um, particularly because we're in Kansas. We're in Kansas, yeah. And so it would be a very different mm -hmm. kind of historical context. So it's very cool to get such a different perspective mm -hmm. for you. That's awesome. So that was fantastic. Um, and one of the things that I really loved about this book was it showed the characters like time and time again trying to break out of the molds set for them by previous generations. Okay, okay. And you get to see how their lives are shaped by the lives of the Greenwood family that came before them. And so, but you don't just see it with the Greenwoods, you also see it with the side characters. So like one of my favorite side characters is Harvey Lomax and he lives his whole life because he doesn't want to turn out like his dad. Um, but you get to see his actions and I'm like, I'm not going to spoil anything. And you get to see how his actions both live up to that and don't live up to that. And then you get to see how the, the ramifications of how he lived his life, how it impacts his son, and then how it goes on to impact his grandson. Um, so it was so cool. And it was a bit like... Oh my god. <laughs> like, I don't want to ramble on about it so much. But one of the things that I think is so cool is we start in the future. So like we have a broad sense of like how how the plot is going to pan out and like what's going to happen. But still, as you're reading it, like it's so fun to see how the pieces fall into place. And like I found myself in like the latter half of the book, knowing what was going to happen, like, my heart was breaking because I was like, you guys don't have to do it this way. Like, it doesn't have to happen, even though I'd already read the instances where it had happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was so cool. I loved it so much. Uh, Jordan actually found a first edition for it's me. It's beautiful. It's she so showed me. It's gorgeous. Um, and it's, it's up there. It's probably in, like, my top 10 or top 15 books of all time. Like, I loved it. Um, and it's wild to me. I literally was just, are you pulling up Goodreads? Yeah, I'm pulling up Goodreads. <laughs> I was just looking at how many people are rating it. Yeah, it's wild because, so it has a 4.34 on Goodreads, but it has less than 10,000 ratings. Um, and it came out in 2019. Um, so that is the book that I think deserves more hype. That's the book that, like, like you with The Silent Patient, 
and now I'm like, oh, you want a book to read? Let me recommend to you Greenwood. <laughs> well, it's a big deal because you rented it from the library. I did and rent you were it like, from the library. I need it in person, which is not usually yes. something that you do. You were such yes. an avid library user. So for you to mm-hmm. actually want to like own physically it. own the book set like speaks volumes. Well, and it was like a whole ordeal to get the book because I ordered a copy from bookshop.org and I was like waiting and it took a really long time for it to ship from bookshop and it was um a paperback copy and it had a different cover than the one that I had from the library Mm. and I was like it's fine I want to own the book so it's fine well it got here and we had a huge rainstorm and they had put it under my doormat so I didn't see the envelope and so I went to get it and the envelope was empty what? Yes! Also, I was so mad, and I was, like, going through the customer service, like, hey, where's my book? And, like, while all of this was going on, they were like, oh, my God, we'll send you a new copy, which, like, was so great. While all of this was going on, Jordan was, like, researching it, and he found this first edition, and he ordered it and got it for me. And then the paperback showed up. <laughs> and so I actually sent it to my mom for her birthday. Amazing. Um, there you go. So, because I'm like, hello, mother please read this book. <laughs> I love when you're like, I'm going to have this person read it, so here, just have the book. <laughs> yes. Please read this. Yeah. Amazing. So that was my book that I think deserves more hype. Um, Christy, what book do you think deserves more hype? Okay. So the book that I selected is a book called A Marvelous Light by Freya Marsky or Marsk. Uh, and this book was never on my radar. I had never heard of it. I knew nothing about it. Um, but I'm in a book club and we did like a kind of like a secret Santa in a way where everybody got somebody and you picked a book you thought they would like or a book that you liked that you thought they would like um and so one of these people from my book club uh Brittany who's amazing um she picked this out for me and so we did that for one of our book clubs was everybody read the the book that they got uh and so I read A Marvelous Light and I was blown away I didn't know what to think I knew nothing about it I went in pretty much blind um but the description was basically um it was talking about how um it is essentially about magic which I was like I like fantasy so it sounds great um and so essentially Basically, they described it as kind of like downtown, uh, Downton Abbey meets magic. Um, And so I was like, sounds right up my alley. You know me. I love all things British. Um, I love magic. I am into it. Uh, And so I started reading it and it was just so much more and so much better than I ever imagined. Uh, So it follows our dearest uh, friend, Robin Blythe, um, who is just one of the most beautiful uh, himbos that I have ever seen. So he is essentially, um, I'm going to describe this in semi Harry Potter terms to explain it. (laughs) Because that's how I had to explain it to Jacob when I was trying to explain that line. So basically, he is, if you will, a muggle. He is not magical at all. And so... All of a sudden, he, he works for essentially the government in Britain, and one day he gets randomly reassigned, and so he's kind of like, this is such a hassle. I get, I have to go to this new thing. It's very, like, bureaucratic. Like, he's like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So he goes to this new office, um, and essentially what happens is this, like, these people show up and are, like, start accusing him of, of having something, knowing where something is. He has no idea what's going on, and he ends up essentially being cursed with, like, this, like, magic curse. Uh, and he is just oh like, what I the heck is curse. happening? So essentially what he then comes to find out is that this is not just a normal civil service bureaucratic job, that it is actually the the liaison to a hidden magical society 
that runs in Britain. And he has no idea. Um, And so then this other guy... Edwin, who is like this sweet little nerdy dude, um, you know me and a himbo and a nerd. So he shows up and he is like, "Who is this guy? Why do you not know anything about magic? Oh my, what is wrong with you? You've been, cr- oh my gosh!" And so essentially, the two of them not only have to figure out what is wrong with Robin and this curse that he has because it is essentially causing him a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and could potentially kill him. Um, they also have to figure out this, like, who did it to him, why they did it to him, and this essentially this magical plot. Um, and it's super fascinating because Edwin is from a magical family, but he really doesn't have a lot of magic. And so the magic oh. is really interesting in this book. It's very um, kind of in the way of, like, wealth. Like, it's very tied around, like, land. And so essentially um, he comes from a family where all, a lot of his siblings do have the gift of magic, mm-hmm. and he really doesn't and so how um they are able to do magic is oftentimes it's through uh like he has a string that he essentially is able to kind of um essentially cradle if you will to then get the magic to work Uh, but he has very little of it and so he's also kind of the outsider amongst his family um and but he's very smart so he's very like academia magic smart and so he ultimately decides to bring uh (laughs) Blythe back to his house his family home i love it try to figure out what's going on and it's just there's so many wonderful things and there's this really beautiful unexpected romance um, that I didn't even know was part of the book but it is so cute because it's the beauty it's this himbo and this little nerd and they just it's so cute I love it Um, and so you get this really uh, fun story of magic and them trying to you know go through this adventure to try to figure out what's going on um, but also this beautiful romance and so it was just very unexpected I just did not know anything about it I hadn't heard anything about it and I ended up really liking it it's really Really, really good. Nice. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. Much like Greenwood, it is not. There's. It's not very popular on Goodreads. It I hadn't is. even heard about it until you read it, and the way you were hyping it up to me and describing it to me, I was like, "This has got to be like the next big thing, right?" right? And I've only seen since then like one other person. No, read it. it's super quiet, and like the cover is gorgeous. So yes. I was like, "Give it some love," but yeah, it only has um, eleven, the just over eleven thousand ratings really? on Goodreads. Um, it's got over it's over four stars as far as its average, so it's very very good. It's also supposed to be the star of a trilogy um, and it. so there's supposed to be more that is coming and so it's really intriguing I'm curious to see where they take it because it mm-hmm. kind of ends in a way where like you could stop there but it definitely does open up the door for more mm-hmm. so I'm eager to see more about their relationship as those books come out um, but that is a book that I do think deserves more hype I mean who doesn't love a beautiful little gay himbo and nerd story <laughs> love story with some magic entwined in there it's really really wonderful I it's very it. marvelous <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> now we did a lot of slandering last weekend to go. We uh, did. So we could. We just had to continue some slander. <laughs> so what? What is a book that just did not live up to the hype for you? Uh, bring on the slander. So um, I was. Mm. I'm still very disappointed. <laughs> this to... is going to be a rant. Please, I have not read this book, and I, I, I have not really heard much about it. And so I'm, other than the review that you posted. Yes. Um, and so I literally cannot wait to hear this rant. So the book for me that did not live up to the hype was The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. Um, and this was like a double whammy did not live up to the hype. So the first 
book of Caitlin Starling's that I read was The Luminous Dead. And I loved that one. That one was so like creepy and visceral and isolating. Like it was so good. So I was really looking forward to this because of who she is as an author. Um, and as I've mentioned, I love gothic horror. Like gothic horror is one of my favorite genres. Um, so this book is like gothic horror. Um, so we follow our main character, Jane Shoringfield, uh, who, who eventually becomes Jane Lawrence, um, who she was taken in by this family after her family uh, was lost in the war. Um, and she, the family is getting ready to leave the town and move to a big city. And she doesn't want to leave the town. She wants to stay in the town. And so her, her mentality, her best bet is a marriage of convenience where she marries someone um, who has a business and she can work like doing their accounts, right? Um, and so she proposes this to the local reclusive doctor, Augustine Lawrence, and he accepts on the condition that she never goes to his family home in the countryside. So suspicious. So, so suspicious. The reclusive doctor yes. in a gothic horror novel. Yes. Stop it. And and she's like, perfect. I will live in your surgery. Like, we'll interact during the day. And then I'll be here at night. And then you don't have to pay someone to be here at night in case something happens. Right? And they kind of like, they're like, ooh, maybe there's something here. And so they start to like become attracted to each other. They get married um, and there's a miscommunication. And instead of spending, like having a fun dinner as a married couple for the first night um, in the surgery, like they'd intended, uh, they get taken back to his family home. The one place literally he's not supposed to the go. The one place Fantastic. she's not supposed to go. And he's like, okay, it's fine, but you have to leave by sundown. And she's like, okay, no problem. So she's there and this house is like crumbling. It's a mess, right? And like spidey senses are starting to tingle like something's not right. Mm -hmm. Like so far, all of this is up my alley and I'm loving it. Um, and so the sun is starting to set. She gets in the carriage to go back to town rainstorm comes out of nowhere the horses get swept off of the road the carriage turns because of like a flash flood it's pitch black it's going to be like a mile into town like she's not dressed for the weather and so she's like i know i'm not supposed to go back but like i i will die if i don't go back to this house so she goes back to the house and she finds her husband and he is like wigged out of his mind he's like a completely different person he's jumping at shadows he thinks she's not real like he's freaking out and so she like stays the night and the next morning he's back to normal and everything's fine and she stands ends up staying at this house because the weather has been bad the road's not passable um and then a group of his like colleagues comes out of nowhere and like surprises them. Uh, and they're like, hey, we're here to stay. We heard you got married. Um, and we start to get introduced to like the magic of this world and like the occult, which like I'm loving all of this, right? Like we're starting to get an unreliable narrator vibe. And then pretty much as soon as the colleagues leave, it all goes to shit. So you know, to just for curiosity, so you said you really like this book. Mm -hmm. So where are we at in the book? Like, how, like how far into the book are we? I'm gonna before say things start going south for you. Probably a third to halfway through. 
Ooh, okay. So yeah. we really only like the beginning. Yes, we okay. really only like the beginning, and pretty much immediately after the colleagues leave, like, the unreliable narrator is not handled well. Um, the magic was super intriguing, but as soon as the magic is introduced, we lose all resources that she could have had to teach her about the magic because Augustine becomes indisposed. I'm not gonna say how, and she's pretty much by herself in this house and things are starting to come out at night. She's feeling hunted. She's losing her mind. She's trying to dabble in magic that she doesn't understand, which like this sounds super cool, right? Right, I said, I was like, I'm sitting here like, should I read this? Should I put it back on my TBR? Well. Let me tell you, don't. <laughs> um, because we dedicate, like, pages and pages and pages of her completing the same ritual oh, every wow. single day and losing her mind and making questionable choices and, like, all of this stuff. And there's this huge twist at the end that, like... So, uh, I saw a lot of people, like, say blew their minds and stuff, but but by the time the twist came out, I was so checked out of this book. Like, I'm not kidding. After three days of this ritual, which she does, like, 12 or 14, after, like, three days of this ritual, I started skimming. I, like, I was like, I don't care. She's eating another raw egg. Like, cool. They're cool. Oh, my God. Wow. So original. So great. Um, and there's this, this big twist at the end, right? And it just didn't work because I was so checked out that I was like, of course this would happen. Of course. Mm -hmm. And, like, mm -hmm. there's not the requisite backstory to, like, give it credibility. So, like, the magic isn't given credibility. And then we're following an unreliable novice in the magic for the entire second half of the book who doesn't have any outside influence or input. Um, and then at the end of the book, she, like, basically completely reverses her position from the beginning of the book and is just like a shell of a person who just like agrees to whatever her husband suggests. And so it just didn't work for me. I was really, really bummed. Um, yeah, so that was the one for me that did not live up to the hype. I mean, well, we were we were just talking. We'll continue to talk about it. We had some people that uh, used our template. Um, so which exciting. you should do. It's on our Instagram, mm -hmm. at Let's Get Liddy Pod. Um, but literally, as I said, as well as your friend said, Letha was literally like, I took that off my TBR from your review. Yeah. Um, so if that is on your TBR, I am sorry. <laughs> from uh, my official recommendation is skip it. Uh, I usually... I, I like to look at Goodreads reviews, and usually if a book has a, under 3.5 stars, I'm like, maybe I'm going to skip this one, because my want-to-read shelf on Goodreads is rapidly approaching 800 books. Oh my gosh. Um, so I don't really have a lot of time to waste on books that are going to, like, flop. Um, so this one has 3.2 stars, so do with that what you will. Yeah, I try not to judge books based on their Goodreads, but I do. Mm -hmm. I do. I try not to look at like actual reviews until I've at least read it. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I will look at that star review, and I will be like, mm, "Is this really worth my time?" Yeah. Because when you do, when you have like a lot of books you want to read, you do want to kind of prioritize, mm -hmm. uh, and it can be tough sometimes when you look at it and you're like, "Ah, oh, man." Yeah, this is not the vibe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Christy, what book did not live up to the hype for you? Well, I did have one that I wanted to say, <laughs> and I don't know if I can. Yeah, well, mm, 
it's a little touchy. It is. It is. It's it's difficult. I I don't think I will share it. If you want to know, I don't know, DM us or something. Um, but the book I was going to choose originally, the story itself is beautiful, mm-hmm. but the writing is bad, and I think that's hard sometimes to, to mm-hmm. separate, particularly if it is based on uh, a true story or true events. It can be yes. really difficult to be like that piece is beautiful, but the writing is not. So mm-hmm. like as a book, it may not be very good, but as a story, it can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's really hard to separate and there's yes. a line I don't know if I'm ready to get cancelled for <laughs> um, so I ended up settling with a different one um, and I ended up choosing the Thursday Murder Club um, and this I feel like blew up particularly because of the, the Hulu show Only Murders in the Building mm-hmm. and this was really uh, hyped up as like a book version of that show um, because of course in the show it is Selena Gomez um, Steve Martin and Martin Short and they of course are trying to figure out this murder that happened in their building and so it's mm-hmm. kind of a similar vibe in the sense where it happens uh, the characters are all in this retirement home and basically they have the Thursday murder club so they would meet up to essentially um, like look over old case files and try <laughs> to like solve their own murder like to solve murders basically mm-hmm. which I was like that is how I strive to be someday I was like so I like the premise of it I was like this sounds so the fun the vibes are vibing and the vibes were vibing I, was like, I will say like when you marked that you were reading it like usually when Christy marks that she's reading a book on Goodreads I'm like oh what's Christy reading and like I go and check it out and I added this one to my want to read shelf and then after I saw your review I was like goodbye right like I it had such a good premise like I thought it was going to be so much fun like you know a bunch of this like members of this retirement home we're going to go out and about and solve murders I was like come on that sounds amazing but it ended up being a bit of a letdown. Uh, now, it is worth noting, like, oh, let me look up the author's name. So the author is actually a celebrity. Um, <coughs> oh. And so he, like, hosts shows in Britain on, like, the BBC network and things like that. Um, and so a lot of people said that they, like, it kind of checks out that maybe this wouldn't be the most amazing ever, but the author is Richard Osman. Um, and there's also multiple books. So there's already a second book in the series oh, wow. that is planned on being kind of a series. But essentially, we have our wonderful uh, old folks home members there in this kind of kind of bougie retirement home. That's really what it's kind of known for. Um, and they essentially are trying to solve these murders. Well, then um, it actually ends up happening to their retirement home. So essentially, a local develop, uh, developer is found dead with a mysterious photograph left the next to the body. And so, of course, this Thursday murder club is like, mm-hmm. finally some action. And so you're like, okay. Um, but there were a lot of things that I didn't particularly like about this book. Um, and I'll avoid spoilers, but there was just a lot of really random things that like, uh, whether it was character introductions that weren't even red herrings, they just were never relevant. Really? Um, or just things that you just were like, I don't know why this is happening or why this mm-hmm. author felt the need to do these things. Um, like, it's just, there's, it, they're really a wonderfully quirky cast of characters, um, but there are so many of them. Like, there's the retirement home uh, members, but then you also get perspectives from 
two cops. You also get perspectives from people that live near the retirement home. Like, there's oh. just so many characters to keep track of. And a lot of them, like, again, they're not red herrings. They're ultimately just not relevant. Like, you never needed to even know that they existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the ending ended up falling flat. Like, it tried to almost do too many reveals. Okay. Um, to the point where, like, you could, you were like, wait, why, why did we, why was this reveal relevant? Mm-hmm. Um, it ultimately ended up falling flat. It was just such a bummer because I was like, oh, this sounded so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just did not do it for me. Um, and so it's so interesting because I feel like the reason that a lot of people like it, at least when I was mm-hmm. scoping through Goodreads reviews, mm-hmm. is it tended to be an older audience really liked seeing an older audience, okay. um, which I think is totally fair. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a demographic that gets really missed in mm-hmm. writing. Um, but it still did not make up for the fact that I just did not think it was super good. I gave it three stars, which for me is essentially the equivalent of mm-hmm. eh. Well, um, and it was also a book club read It for was, you, right? and we all kind of slandered it. We were like, what was the point? Um, <laughs> as, again, because there were just so many random reveals that you were just like, what the heck? Or like, mm-hmm. there's a character that, uh, so as you're going through the different perspectives, one character, the perspective is like, she's writing like like notes or like almost like writing in a diary. And so okay. you think that's going to be relevant at some yeah. point. No. What? Like, it's just, it, you're like, why Why was she oh this special, gosh. like, narrator that got this, like, different type mm-hmm. of perspective where she's, like, writing this, like, diary? Like, it ended up not amounting it to anything. Okay. So there's just things that you just, I couldn't tell you why they were there. Mm-hmm. And I am all for some good red herrings or things to throw you off, but, like, mm-hmm. not to the point where it distracts from the plot. And, again, it felt like this author just introduced so many different characters to try to, like, keep you on your toes mm-hmm. or, like... Make, keep you guessing and try to add, but in reality, it was just confusing. You were like, okay, wait, who who is who is involved, who isn't, mm-hmm. and not in like a fun like you know you're trying to connect the dots like type of way. Mm-hmm. More in like a who are you and <laughs> why do you get a chapter and what is the purpose of bringing you up constantly? Yes, um, like so that it was just a bit of a letdown because it could have been again riding off the high of Only Murders in the Building, which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that show, so I was really excited this had been kind of compared to that. Yes. Little bit of a bummer. So, it did not quite live up to the hype for me. Again, I gave it three stars. It's fine. Some people <laughs> seem to like it, but was not, didn't didn't do it for me. It so, was not the vibe. Not a vibe. Not a vibe. Did not pass, pass the hype <laughs> check. Did not do it for me. So that, that is my, did not live up to the hype. Okay. So, we were super excited. We had a couple people, like we mentioned, use our template and send it into us. Um, so, the first one was my friend Letha, who you guys have heard me mention a couple times. Um, and their book that lived up to the hype was Vicious by V.E. Schwab. I'm so excited to read that because you've read that one. I you? have read this one and I read it because Letha recommended yes. it to me. And Letha was like talking about how it's part of a duology. So, um, there's Vicious and then there's Vengeful and Letha was talking about like how cool it was and how unique it was and Vicious absolutely lived up to the hype. I will also verify this. Like, it's so cool. It's focusing on what they call EOs or extraordinaries, which are humans who have superpowers. Okay. Um, Okay. And it's a dual timeline that's working from um, the current and the past to, like, converge on an event. 
and doing the time jumps. I do love yeah, there's time a theme jumps. here. There is a theme, um, and it's uh, friends to enemies, um, yes. and it's so cool. It's so unique, like so well done. Yes. So vicious by V. E. Schwab lived up to the hype. Um, Letha says that the maidens deserved more hype, and Listen, the maidens. Funny we tie. It's yes. so funny that they mentioned that because, of course, we just I just went on my whole absolute mm-hmm. hype up of the silent patient, and the maidens is actually Alex. Michael Leary's uh, second book, and yes. so um, I did. I say I was like, I do think it was mm-hmm. it was good. It's I think the difficult part of that book, um, which I don't know if Letha has read Silent Page. I should, don't know. Should I recommend it to them? Yes. <laughs> Um, but it, I think a lot of people get lost with the maidens because mm-hmm. they're trying to compare it to the silent patient and it's a different story. There's different yeah. energy behind it. Um, but a lot of people were trying to compare it to, uh, his, the silent patient and it just, uh, it's not the mm-hmm. same. And I still thought it was good. I think it has really good twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun, like dark academia story. Yes. So that's your vibe. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it, but I yeah. do, I feel like even I found myself even being like, well, it's not the you know a silent patient and so I think it gets lost and almost kind of swept under the rug because it's not quite as strong um as the silent patient but still I do think it could could use some more love well and what cracked me up was uh Letha literally followed that up with a text to me that said I don't know if the maidens is popular I don't know anyone else who's read it, so I don't think it is. <laughs> True. I mean, really, I don't say I was like, especially after all the love for like um, the silent patient. Like, I really like. I, I haven't seen, seen it. a ton, um, and the cover is gorgeous. Oh my god, so. it's so gorgeous! I've got it um, sitting on my bookshelf. I got it from Book of the Month, and I will it's read one it of eventually. Your Third. 31. Yeah. This is a check-in, though. I'm going to brag. The last time we talked, listen, listen, the last time we talked, my unread book of the month count was 29. Since then, I have gotten two, it's been two months since then that I've gotten two books each month, and I'm only at 31. So I'm very proud of I'm, you. I'm putting in some work. She is reading. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then Letha's book that did not live up to the hype was The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Um, and Letha and I actually texted about it this morning. This was a book that when I read it, I like loved it. But then when I sat back and like thought about processed it, it and processed it, I was like, mm, the vibes are not vibing. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like that why I liked The Ninth House so much mm-hmm. is because I feel like that was, it was really my first go around in that kind of like secret society Yeah, vibe. dark academia. Right, like, outsider brought into the inner exactly. circle. It was kind yeah. of my first run through in that. Um, and so I feel like upon my like yeah. read, I really liked it. And then now that I've read some other books kind of similar to that, it, mm-hmm. it has kind of taken a back burner. But they just revealed the cover for, for the, the second, second one. one. Uh, and so I'm very, very curious to see what that looks like. See, um, and this was really interesting when Letha and I were texting about it. Letha was drawn to it for all the same reasons that we were just talking about. Um, but ultimately she felt like it kind of fell flat and this was something we agreed on like there's all this foreshadowing through the book where we've got those time jumps right and all of the current time is like oh my god Alex Stern is bleeding out and no one knows where she is and all this stuff and then when we finally catch up to the current time it's like resolved in two pages Mm -hmm. and so that was super disappointing and like 
the characters weren't interesting and a really big thing for me with this book was I didn't see any content warnings anywhere about um, like all sorts of stuff all sorts of stuff down. but the biggest one for me was sexual assault of a minor um, mm-hmm. and that was not anywhere that's usually a deal breaker for me um, and it was really like you get it first person and like on page mm-hmm. in this book and it was graphic and like looking back on this book as I was reading it I was able to like kind of distance from that part and keep reading with the book but now when I look back on the book like all I really think about is that scene and I'm actually at the point where like I'm not gonna read the sequel we'll say and I really do and that's been a huge complaint that I've seen from other people that have read the book Mm -hmm. is like where were the content warnings yeah and there's a lot like there's a lot of violence like firsthand violence like there's a lot of like dark magic and myths and like mm-hmm. there's a lot with it um and like there's no content warnings right and i honestly i think that is something that authors and publishing is very behind on mm-hmm. is content warnings like genuinely i feel that so many authors and publishing companies rely on readers to give content mm-hmm. warnings for other readers and i think that's such again a huge area for growth because mm-hmm. i think it's so rare for a book to do that um mm-hmm. and i I wish more books would because I think it's so unfortunate that people get really excited about a book, they buy a book um, that ultimately may not be good for them, it may be triggering for them, um, just because they can't put one simple page that explains something. Yes! Um, Well, and and that's such a bummer. And one of the things was, this was a book I got from Book of the Month, and Book Mm -hmm. of the Month is usually so good about shouting out content warnings, especially for violence or sexual assault, and there were no content warnings from Book of the Month on this one, so I was, like, ready and excited to dive into this book, and then it was just kind of, like, you know, like, ice down the back of your shirt, and Mm -hmm. it's just... Yeah. Um, the other person that so nicely sent us something, which I thought was so cool, it was my brother's girlfriend. Hi, Hannah. <laughs> um, and so for her, what lived up to the hype was Red Queen, um, which is a YA novel that I have not read. I have not read it either, but um, I did look up the synopsis say, today. She hyped it up. She hyped it up so much. Uh, so uh, I'm super curious about that. I have seen I feel like I have seen it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is good to know that someone thought I lived up to the hype. So good for that. Um, a book that she thought deserved more hype was The Book Thief. Uh, I thought that was so interesting. Uh, and then t- she did slander John Green. So Hannah, if you're listening to this, I'm, I put that on my list. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what did not live up to the hype was The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. Um, as we mentioned, longtime listeners, uh, we'll know that I am a John Green stan. Uh, so while there are parts of that novel that are absolutely ridiculous, um, that that whole book, I mean, that book had, I feel like, Cold, like Tumblr, well, our whole, my whole school. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people were like I crying think, about it. Yes, like in I, the hallways. Oh my gosh. And I, I think that this is another generational difference because you and I read it as the hype the was peak. growing for it. Like, not to sound like a hipster, but maybe even before the peak. You but, know? I mean, really. <laughs> like, we got on before the wave crested. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Hannah probably read it, like, after all of the hype and after well, and everyone. Much better, much better critical <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, this is not a spoiler, but I feel like everyone knows at this point that there's that, like, kiss in the Anne Frank house. Which, like, which totally fair. And even John Green has, like, since reflected of, like, ah, 
Maybe not. not good. Um, so totally fair. Totally understand that. Um, again, nothing wrong with that slander, but I did think it was funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally was like, you know what? I think in hindsight, there are definitely some things there that have not hit the same since the book came out. Nonetheless, I do own, of course, a signed copy. <laughs> um, even more embarrassing. Not really embarrassing. I think it's funny. So he, John Green, came to Kansas City. Incredible. And shout out to my friend Bridget. We, in high school, we were, of course, both obsessed with John Green and yes. also super nerdy in that respect. And so she, like, texted me. She was like, John Green is in Kansas City right now. <laughs> so we go. We catch the very tail end of when they were going to let people, like, meet him. But the only bo- physical book I had of his was A Fault in Our Stars, which John Green if you don't know this, signs does like massive batches of signed copies for all of his books. So I actually already had a signed copy. So I take this signed copy to John Green. So of course he opens it up to the page where he was signed, which is already signed. So he like looks at me and I was like, and so he just flips to another page and signs that one. Um, but it was just so funny because I was like, Hi. So I have a double signed copy, not Incredible. to flex. Um, but yes, totally fair. So I, I totally respect that. Big same. Um, but yeah, those are, that is the hype check. I'm sure we will do plenty more. If you yes. are interested in using our template, um, we've got two versions of it. So we have a post template as well as a story template. You can mm-hmm. find both of them on our Instagram at Let's Get Liddy Pod. Um, we so would go check love it out. To yes, hear from you please, guys. please tell us um, what books you think lift up to the hype, which ones deserve more hype, and which books you would like to slander, let us <laughs> know. Um, we would love to know the tea and the drama, and which books we should be on the lookout for mm-hmm. or move uh, onto our TBR yes. or up on our TBR. Um, so tag us in it, post, send it to us, do all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with some fan fiction. Woo! All right, and we are officially back. We are back, and we are back with our second drink from Jordan. This one, this one is so good. Um, he already knows this. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. <laughs> um, literally, this one, to a T, fits me, I feel like. So, love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> um, so, we're officially at Indigo's Time to Shine. Welcome one and all to you, me, and AO3. Um, so for our listeners who are not into the fan fiction community, um, there are a couple different websites that you can read fan fiction on that are specifically for fan fiction. Uh, the big ones are fanfiction.net and archive of our own. I read exclusively on Archive of Our Own, um, which readers have termed AO3 um, because it's shorter and easier to say. <laughs> true. So true. So Indigo, if you had, what is your, your one or a couple that you plan on sharing today? What has earned the mark of being featured on the podcast? So this one has not only earned the mark of being featured on the podcast, but it has earned the mark of being the first fanfic that is featured on the podcast. And it is Leo Interserpentis by Aeternum on AO3. And what it is, it is it is a Harry Potter canon rewrite. And so what the author is doing is they're taking each of the books and they are rewriting it. And how they have changed it is that um, instead of Harry hating Draco on site when they meet in Diagon Alley at 11 years old in Madame Malkin's when they're getting fitted for their robes, they become friends. Um, and Harry never becomes friends with Ron, never hears anything bad about Slytherin, 
and he gets sorted into Slytherin instead of Gryffindor. Okay, okay. It's incredible. I do love me a Slytherin Harry story. I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do love it. Um, This one was sent to me by Letha. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a This podcast is sponsored by Letha. (laughs) Um, So I love this fanfic. So it is a dreary fanfic, um, which is a Draco Harry relationship fanfic. Um, It is one of my all-time favorite pairings in... um in the Harry Potter community. So I love Draco Harry crossovers. This one is fantastic. Harry and Draco become best friends like right away. They meet Hermione and Neville on the train um, and they become friends with them. And it's so sweet because when both Harry and Draco get sorted into Slytherin um, and they're still friends with Hermione and Neville, the other Gryffindors like ostracize Hermione and Neville because they're so into like house purity and stuff like that. Right, right. And so it's really sweet because, like, the Slytherins just totally accept Hermione and Neville. So, like, all the Quidditch matches, they Mm -hmm. sit together. Um, The Slytherins, like, at Gryffindor Quidditch matches, the Slytherins, like, go and sit with Hermione and Neville. Like, it's so sweet. But my favorite thing in this fanfic is that... Instead of Snape hating Harry for being James's son, he loves Harry for being Lily's. Um, and so it starts off in the first couple of books with like mentor Snape, um, but the really big turning point, it's super sweet. Uh, Harry like starts asking Snape some questions about his mom. And so they end up having like a standing date on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. um, where Harry will go help Snape prepare potions and potions ingredients and Snape will like tell him stories about his mom it's so sweet the snape we deserve the snape we deserved um and it's so sweet there's one like one of my favorite scenes is like harry's reading the newspaper and he's like jurassic park is playing at the movie theater (laughs) and snape is like if you finish all of your summer homework I will take you to see Jurassic Park. And so they do. They go see Jurassic Park. And Snape's favorite character is Ian Malcolm. That sounds... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, It's so spot on. And after that, it's like a turning point in their relationship. Um, And Harry starts to view Snape as a father figure. Um, And then going into year four, uh, Snape actually offers to adopt Harry. Like, formally. And so he does, which... Surprise, surprise, Dumbledore is against because if Snape has ties, then Snape won't be a spy for him again when Mm. Voldemort comes back. Um, But Snape adopts Harry. As soon as Snape, like, adopts him and takes him home, he's like, okay, well, you have to pick, like, a paternal moniker to call me by because I'm not going to be some hippie parent that lets you call me by my first name. Oh my gosh. So he starts calling him dad. And one of the first things that they do is Harry's like complaining about his glasses prescription, right? Mm -hmm. And Snape is like, well, when did you last get them checked? And Harry is like, what do you mean? I've always had these. And Snape's like, Harry, when did you get glasses? (laughs) And so they immediately go to an optometrist and Harry's Harry's like, hey, hey, Snape, I, I... I think I'm gay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's so sweet. And like, he ends up like realizing that he's in love with his best friend, who's Draco. Draco. So yes. they end up together. Um, but one of my favorite things so they've written 
really, this whole fic is my favorite thing. <laughs> really, I can't tell. <laughs> but one of the things that I totally loved about it was in year six, Dumbledore reveals to Snape, like when they're figuring out about mm. horcruxes, mm-hmm. Dumbledore reveals to Snape that Harry is a horcrux. And Snape's like, excuse me? You expected me to just let my son die? Um, so this was the other reason that Dumbledore didn't want Snape to adopt mm. Harry. Um... Snape immediately quits, like, in the middle of the school year, quits, takes Harry home, and they, like, figure out, okay, what are we going to do? So they go back, they finish year six, and at the end of year six, they decide that for year seven, they're not going to go back because um, they are going to, like, do magical research to see if there's a way that they can get the piece of Voldemort's soul out of Harry without killing him. Okay. okay. Um, and it's super great because through all of this, Snape also takes Hermione and Draco under his wing. And and one of the sweetest things in it is for one of his birthdays, uh, Snape gets Harry his own snake as a pet that Harry can talk to via parcel time. Amazing. It's Amazing. fantastic. This is one of my favorite series. Um, and it's currently, they're working on book seven. The author's working on book seven. But as it stands right now, it is a little bit over 850,000 words, um, which is like over, close to 2,000 pages if you were to transform it into a book. Uh, I read it in a week. <laughs> Because I literally couldn't stop. I was, like, addicted to it. Amazing. Um, So that's, like, one of my favorite fanfics, um, which I knew it had to be the first one to talk about. Incredible. Yeah. Keep us posted on when book seven comes out. I will. I love that you shared that one. I am very, very excited um, to check it out. You have slowly, every day, I get closer and closer to being a fan of Drary. uh, Listen, listen. Boy, howdy! Boy, howdy! Do I have some recommendations for you? Oh my gosh. Just the wonderful world of fanfiction. I've always had such an appreciation for it. Uh, I have been a fanfiction reader myself. I think we were getting back to that point. So I love this one. One of us. One of us. One of us. So I appreciate this wonderful segment of You, Me, and AO3. All right. We are back. We are back. And it is time for the final segment uh, to wrap up the podcast. The last now next. Fantastic. So, Indigo, what was your last read? Listen, listen. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm so glad you asked. My last read was The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Um, Fun fact about me, I've got a couple comfort movies, right? So one of them is The Mummy, um, big bisexual energy, and I just, the mummy, I wanted to be an archaeologist for a while, totally because of The Mummy. Another one is The Princess Bride, right? I'm slowly realizing that Hellboy is also up there, (laughs) big fan, and the last one is Pacific Rim. And I love me a good alternate dimension dinosaur-esque Godzilla monster. (laughs) Big fan. So when I saw a book was being published in 2022 that was called The Kaiju Preservation Society, I was like, I'm reading it. I don't know what it's about. I'm reading it. 
Listen, this was a five-star read for me. Every single thing about this book felt like it was written for me. It was so good. So we follow our protagonist, Jamie Gray. At the start of 2020 in New York City, when he is laid off from his job... Okay. ...because of COVID. Ah, so real. And he becomes a food deliverer. In New York City, and he's doing his delivery deliveries throughout COVID, and he reconnects with someone from college, and his old college buddy is like, hey, I'm about to leave for a six-month tour for my job, uh, which is a society, like, is a, a, a corporation that protects large animals. We need someone to lift things. Would you be interested? And Jamie's like, I make tips right now. So yes. Um, And they, it turns out, they're not protecting like elephants or elephant seals or polar bears. No, no, no. They're going to an alternate dimension where dinosaurs were never extinct and humans never developed and they have grown into kaijus. Oh my gosh. And there are a bunch of bases around this alternate earth studying the kaiju. It was incredible. It was so funny. I literally could not go more than five minutes reading this without looking at Jordan and being like, one, you're going to love this book. Two, I love this book. It was so good. I'm still thinking about it. I read the acknowledgments at the end of the book, um, and the author was talking about how he had been contracted to write, like, this big sci-fi, like, thinking about the way of the world, and it's, like, gritty, and he just couldn't get into it in COVID. And what he described the Kaiju Preservation Society as is, like, a pop song. (laughs) Like, you enjoy it, and it's needed, but it doesn't, like say anything and that's exactly how this book was i loved it it was so good um yeah five stars that was my last read incredible i literally um christy what was your last read was it in europe uh actually i lied (laughs) so yes i did i read good omens while Mm -hmm. i was across the pond it was kind of my airport read Mm -hmm. um which i enjoyed obviously i watched the show so it was fun to read the book Uh, but actually the last book i read was actually the paris apartment i just finished it this week that's right by lucy foley who wrote uh the guest list which i love i have that on my shelf from book of the month it's so good it's one of Um, the 31 yeah so so good so get excited for that one that one i loved the guest list it was a really good kind of whodunit um had my jaw on the floor so i was really excited to read this one and i have to say it was okay i, I gave it three stars yeah, i did i, did. I gave it three stars. stars um essentially the uh premise of the story is jess is the half sister of ben and she it shows up to his Paris apartment. She had, like, texted him to be like, hey, can I come visit? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, and essentially, she is on her way, and she gets there, and he doesn't answer. Oh. And she had, uh, like, a voice note from him basically saying, like, you know, knock when you, like, you know, do whatever when you get here, and I'll let you in. Um, but then he just never responds. And so she oh. essentially kind of, like, follows a guy, like, you know, to sneak into this apartment, basically, to get to his door. Um he still doesn't answer um, and basically like starts to realize that maybe something is wrong. Oh. And she like, uh, kind of spooky. Um, essentially he doesn't show up. She has,
hasn't heard from him. And so she starts kind of like re-listening to this voice note that he that she got from him. Um, and she realizes that actually it doesn't sound right at the very end. And then she thinks she hears something in the background. Oh my God. So then she starts to go, oh no. So she's asking around this apartment building basically to try to figure out what's going on. Um, and she meets essentially the cast of this apartment okay. basically. Um and there's some kind of twists and turns, so I won't I won't do any spoilers there. Uh, but it definitely kind of fell flat for me. It wasn't. Oh. I mean, I read through it super fast. Mm-hmm. Like it is a really good kind of quick thriller. Um, but it was kind of predictable. Like I kind of had it figured out pretty early on. Okay. I still enjoyed reading it. Um, but it definitely was. It was kind of predictable. But again, good for a quick little thriller read. Um, definitely not to the same level as much as I enjoyed the guest list. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like two quirky of characters and okay. kind of like it was almost like. Yeah. It was like, okay, of course you're this type of person. Mm-hmm. Of course you have this. Um, there were some fun twists and turns, but nothing that like totally had my jaw on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some twists that I was like, of course. <laughs> um, so it was enjoyable. It was fine. Um, I gave it three stars. Again, if you like kind of a good little mystery, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a fun one. It's a good okay. quick read, um, but definitely didn't like blow my mind or anything like that. So. Okay. That was actually the last book that I read. Good to know. It was fine. Okay. Three stars. <laughs> now, what are you reading currently? So this one has been on my shelf for a while. Um, I know we talked in our first episode about our reading goals for the year, and one of mine was to read more books that I own. And so I'm super excited. This is one that Jordan and I bought last year that's been sitting on my shelf, and I've been wanting to read it, but I kept having other books that got ahead of my ahead of me. Um, and this was one that I picked out six different books and I rolled a dice and this was what it landed on and I was like all right this is what I'm reading so I'm currently reading The City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty um and it's so interesting it's a fantasy book and it's set in Cairo in the in the 18th century and our main character is kind of like a con woman um she's put up these airs that she's like a mystical healer type woman uh and one day she accidentally summons a djinn uh which is like a genie mm-hmm. and it's a warrior djinn that she has summoned and it turns out that she has um mixed blood so she's part human and part djinn uh of this ruling line of the jinn that was completely eradicated. Um, and so this warrior jinn is like, okay, well, you're coming to me and we're going to go back to the capital city mm-hmm. and we're going to retake it. Ooh. Because uh, they've believed that this warrior class of jinn has been dead for like centuries. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I grew up in New Mexico, so I love a good desert book. And I've been having an itch. You know, I mentioned The Mummy. It was one of my favorite movies. And I, so I love a desert book. I love a desert movie. And I've been having an itch and nothing has scratched it yet. Uh, But I have been reading this and they've been spending a lot of time in the desert. And it has been scratching this itch. The characters are so intriguing. Um, I'm about 100 pages in um, and I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Yes. Uh, love that for you. Yeah, it's super interested to see what you think. Yes. I will be patiently, not so patiently, <laughs> official review because um, it sounds so cool. It's been really good so far. 
But Christy, what are you reading right now? I am at long last. I mentioned this uh, before <laughs> I left uh, for my trip, but I'm finally reading Half Sick of Shadows um, by uh, Laura Sebastian. Um, but it, it is a feminist retelling of the King Arthur stories. I love Arthurian legends. Um, and so we are focusing around our main character of Elaine, who is a seer, so she has visions. Um, and so they are visions that can come true things that may not come true but could happen if people you know act in a certain way mm-hmm. um, and so she is seeing certain things that could happen um, not really a spoiler but in Arthurian legend of course there is usually in most stories there is um, a tension or a fight or anything between Morgana and Prince Arthur or mm-hmm. King Arthur um, and so that is essentially the the groundwork that we've seen late uh, pretty early on in the book so far um, but essentially she is seeing visions of Morgana brewing a potion to um, poison and kill Arthur. Um, but right now they're all friends. Oh. So they're big chilling in Avalon. Um, and so she's having these visions, but they're like, they seem really far off. Like it mm-hmm. takes place. They're sh- like, it doesn't feel like it's anything Elaine has to worry about. They're all friends right now, hanging out in Avalon outside of Camelot, just living their like young adult lives, just <laughs> hanging out. Um, and essentially what happens is King Uther dies, which means oh. that Prince Arthur is now King, King Arthur. Arthur. Um, and so now they all have to go to Avalon. And so all of these visions that Elaine has been having suddenly feel very real. Yeah. Um, And there's also some interesting dynamics. Super interested to see where it goes, but so far I'm really, really loving it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see how I feel at the end. I'm super excited to hear what you think about this. So once you finish The City of Brass... What is your next book? Um, so I'm super excited. Uh, my next book is Petrified Women by Jeremy Ray. Um, and what this one, it's a horror novella. Um, and our main character what? is Harley. And she's got the perfect boyfriend, right? But, like, her friends don't see it that way. Everyone's trying to convince her that, like, it's a bad situation. And, like, he's got these oddities, but, like, he treats her so much better than her past boyfriends have, right? Well, then one day, she hides in his apartment, like, to prank him. Um, But what she sees while she's hidden in there, like, uh, is not quite what she was expecting. Um, So I'm super excited to read this one, actually, because the author reached out to me on Instagram and DM'd me uh, because he had been looking at, like, horror reviews on Bookstagram and saw mine, and he was like, hey, really like your reviews. Um, If I give you a free copy of my, like, a free ebook copy of my book, will you read it and review it? Um, And I said, of course. (laughs) So he did and that and I've got it and that's what I'm gonna read next so Christy what are you reading next well Indigo I have great news oh my god okay I'm waiting I'm very ready for it the next book that I plan on reading mm-hmm. once I finish my current book mm-hmm. is my sister the serial killer yes <laughs> so that is 
what I'm going to read next. I'm oh super God. excited. I cannot um, wait. Um, essentially, uh, the summary, I mean, Indigo, I'm sure that's <laughs> on this, but essentially it is about, uh, like, two sisters, and one sister seems to kill men. Uh, mm -hmm. And so the other sister has to kind of clean up all of her messes. Um, it just, it seems super interesting. It looks like it's going to be a really good ride. Indigo loved it. Oh, my God. I loved it. I had to get it. Um, and so I'm super, super excited to, to jump into that one next. I can't wait to hear what you think. Oh, so I'm super excited. Um, but that is our last now next. Um, mm -hmm. If you, whatever you're reading, whatever's next for you, always let us know. Again, check out our templates um, on Instagram. Um, speaking of which, you can follow us on Instagram mm -hmm. at Let's Get Liddy Pod. If you are listening to our wonderful podcast on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those, please do us a solid and give us a nice five star rating. Mm -hmm. If you love what you hear, share it with your friends. Um, we would love to um, share all these wonderful books with more mm -hmm. people. Um, and Indigo, how can they follow you? Um, if you guys would like to follow me, my bookstagram is at read.with.indie and I post reviews of my books there um, and post like what I'm reading now. So, and Christy, where could they find you? If they're just so intrigued, uh, they can follow me on book Instagram as well at Christy.reads. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y. Um, but we love potting with you guys. And so mm -hmm. we look forward to the next one. And if you guys would like access to a list of all the books that we have mentioned, check out tinyurl.com backslash mentioned books, all one word. And we've got there a spreadsheet of all the books that we've mentioned with the author and the genre. Um, and I will be starting a page addition to that that will be specifically for the fanfic that I for mentioned. all your fanfic loving needs. So check out the description for all of this information um, and we will see you next time. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.